Welcome, everybody. It's uh, just after 4 o'clock. We are getting underway. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we have another full house here. My name is Hunter Boyle. I'm the content director for Marketing Experiments. Today's clinic is a special live optimization clinic on SEO. It's called Improve Your SEO Clicks and Conversions. We've got a very special guest with us here today, Paul Taylor, president of Web Marketing 123. Paul, are you online? Hi, everybody. Thanks very much for joining us. It's, it's a, really an honor to be here. Thanks, Hunter. Well, sure. Well, we are very glad to have you here. Uh, we also have Jimmy and Aaron, who will be uh, joining us for the live optimization segment. We have an awful lot of stuff to get through today, so I am going to dispense with the preliminaries very quickly and dive right in. Normally, we will wait for a couple other people to log on, but we have a lot here, so... Here's a very quick look at our agenda today. We will go through a couple of uh, research snapshots. We will talk about some of the key principles and five factors that you're going to need to get your SEO right. And Paul is going to go over those. He's got a great case study to put out there as well that shows some of the principles in action. We will look briefly at the marketing experiments conversion sequence. And then we will turn it into our live optimization clinic where Paul will look at the front end and the SEO side of the pages, and we will look at some of the on-page conversion ideas there. So during this clinic, if you haven't been with us before, uh, we try and make this very interactive. Uh, so please let us know how we're doing with the pacing. Um, you know, send in your Q&A. We probably won't have a chance to get this today. But we will be getting to some of those uh, in our blogs and our follow-ups there. And just so you know, since we get this question a lot, you will be notified via email when today's presentation is online. So with that said, let's jump into some of the research here. We'll go very quickly through this. So this first chart is a, uh, uh, it's a survey from the Marketing Sherpa Search Benchmark Guide. And it asked technology marketers how they felt they did with organic search optimization. Was it, uh, was it being done at a high level? Was, were they doing a good job, an okay job, fair, poor, or not doing it at all? And the question was, our website uh, is regularly optimized for search engines. You can see those answers there. Again, 19% say we're doing this at a high level, but the majority went between good job not doing it at all. And what we wanted to do today with our live audience was get a sense for how you feel you're doing with search engine optimization, what your experience level is, and we'll try and make sure that we take that into effect as we walk through uh, the steps and the principles and the case studies that we're doing here today so we know where you're at with this. So we're going to quickly launch a poll, and that should be showing up for you. Uh, by the way, people ask us a lot, what is the count on uh, some of these surveys? Right now, we have close to 700 attendees on the line today, and we just got 80% voted, so we're going to close the poll now and show you the results. Paul, what do you think of this? Well, let's see. You know, this is pretty similar, Boyle, so I think the results we get on our 
webinar polls. Let's take a look here. So about 34% of us are doing an okay job. So that, I assume that means uh, we're not ranking at the top of page one on all of our critical keywords. Um, pretty small percentage saying we're doing an excellent job. That, that really doesn't surprise me. You'll see in some of the later slides, it is so competitive now and so hard to get to the top of page one. Um, it, it's tough to do, particularly as a do-it-yourselfer, I think. And then okay, I'm real sir. curious about those who say we're not doing optimization, you know, why that would be. Um, could be you're in more, you know, some of the more basic industries where it isn't, you feel it isn't quite so critical. Huh? Well, we're certainly going to try and help the people who are uh, at most ends of the scale there. It's uh, great that 8% are doing an excellent job. I look for a lot of contributions from you guys in the Q&A. In the meantime, just one other chart to briefly look at. This was another one also from the Sherpa Search Marketing Benchmark Guide about SEO lift after six months of optimization. Now, this compares on the left uh, the agency reports of the lift that they got after six months versus the reports from in-house SEOs. And just to make a quick takeaway point here, obviously a 38% lift is pretty good. Um, but clearly a 110% lift can really make a huge difference. So, I mean, sorry to put here just to simply promote the difference between uh, agencies and in-house or to start that rivalry again. Uh, but it's really here to underscore the, the need to stay current with the ins and outs of SEO as well as, uh, you know, the latest best practices, the changes, Google al algorithms, uh, you know, all the things you need to do and avoiding misinformation and outdated tactics. I, I think many of us probably saw the do-follow, no-follow uh, controversy that's been brimming lately. So it really is important to know your stuff and not just know the fundamentals, but to keep up with what is happening and what is changing. I mean, it really is a full-time job. So what we're going to talk about today is uh, the opportunity, and Paul is going to look at some of those case studies, and that will take us right into some of these principles here that you really need to know. So I'm going to turn it over to Paul. And Paul, please take it away. All right. Thank you so much. So first, just let me say, I know a lot of you are going to have questions about SEO. And in the, I'm very excited about going through the four case studies that we're uh, going to work on here. And you will have questions. So just enter those questions on the Q&A screen, and I promise you will, we will respond to those questions uh, by email, I would say, over the next couple of days. Um, so I do want to make sure anything that's, uh, that you're uh, curious here, don't understand, you do have a chance to get that question answered. So again, I'm Paul Taylor, president of Web Marketing 123. We're a search engine marketing agency, so we do SEO and manage uh, paid search campaigns for our clients. This is our first webinar with Marketing Experiments, so I've got to admit, I'm, I'm a little nervous. I don't know if that, that uh, shows in my voice, but I'm really excited about uh, doing this webinar. So let me just say, I mean, the thing that we find the most exciting about search engine marketing is this figure in front of you. There are 14 billion Internet searches each month, according to a study, uh, recent results by Comscore. And that's just huge because each of those visitors is there with an intent. So if we can reach those searchers uh, when they're looking for us, that's really, that's really a marketer's dream, to reach visitors at the exact moment they're looking for our products. Now, typically when we do keyword analysis for our clients, 
we find that number to be about 10,000 monthly searches to about 500,000 monthly searches each month on our clients' products. And, you know, really depending what kind of business they're in, whether it's B2B or B2C. But that's the range. You know, any of those numbers is a pretty darn good number in terms of getting in front of that many people when they're, when they're looking for us, when they're looking for our products. Now, on the next slide, I want to show a very quick example of just a case study, one of our clients, iLandInternet.com. And, and iLand is somewhat typical, I would say, in their situation. We'll go through what their problem and their issue was, and then we'll have everyone guess uh, how big an improvement we were able to make in, in their results. So iLand Internet uh, is a hosting company. They specialize in co-location hosting and some of the sort of newer types of, uh, of hosting, such as virtual and cloud hosting. Now, the business issue that iLand was facing was they were getting a fair amount of Internet traffic, of search engine traffic. The problem is it was all coming in on searches for either their name, the various ways that you could say their name and misspellings and so on, as well as their individual product names. So what they were really missing out on was all of the searchers that are out there looking for their, searching on descriptive terms, so looking for their products, using keywords such as hosted VMware, cloud hosting, you know, co-location services. Now you can imagine a lot more searches on those kinds of keywords than on uh, searches just for their company name, of people who are already uh, looking for them uh, rather than searching on the uh, uh, on the overall category. So I think um, you know we're going to we'll talk for a moment about what we did for Island, and you know it's pretty much the basic principles that we're going to see um, in following slides. But the main components of this project: one, identifying their keywords and making sure that we're targeting just the keywords that really sell for them and then strategically positioning those keywords with appropriately within their site content, within their meta content, their URLs, their inbound links, all of those uh, aspects that go into optimizing a website. All right, so let me just describe the, uh, uh, tell you what the graph here shows. The, the green line on the bottom shows iLand's search engine traffic before optimization, and then the blue line uh, above that shows their increased traffic after optimization. So as I mentioned, the, the key difference here is that now that they're ranking on their descriptive terms, not just their brand names, um, their traffic really shot through the roof. Now, the great news here is this is not just traffic, but these are visitors who really are looking for their product. So that's why um, it's hard to see here, but if you look at their average pages per visit, you look at the average time per site, all of those things have increased because we're now getting more qualified leads, uh, more interested viewer searchers to their website. So really a double win in that their conversion rate to lead has increased very substantially, uh, as has their, their overall site traffic. So big success here in the case of, of iLand Internet. And if you jump to the next slide. Now, 
the biggest challenge right now with Internet marketing is there's really two significant factors, trends, that we're seeing changing in search engine marketing. One is it is getting much more difficult, more competitive to get to the top of the search engine. So what this slide shows us is that in 2008, Google was indexing one trillion web pages on the Internet. Up from just eight years ago, it was one billion pages. So really what that means is the amount of competition has gone up by exactly one billion percent. And you can imagine that makes it a lot tougher to optimize your website as a do-it-yourselfer and really expect to get to the top. You know, if you're not a specialized uh, specialist in this, that's not what you do day in, day out. Now, the second trend on the next slide really makes it a bit, the, the job a bit more difficult because, as you'll see, um, an increasing number of searchers never get past page one of the search results. So right now, and this has been going up steadily each year, 68%, almost 70% of Internet searchers never get past the first page of results. Now, many searchers don't even get past that first screen of results, which means to get optimum results, uh, sales results in search marketing, you really need to be in that position one through five, which is the top of that first page of Google results. But So two things here. One, uh, it's getting more difficult uh, to get to the top. Two, it's getting more important to be at the top. Now, in the next couple of slides, we'll go through the uh, basic principles or the basic factors, or what we call the five factors you must get right to rank at the top. And the first one is keywords. This is probably the most important. Now, when we do keyword analysis, we usually try to target uh, sometimes as few as 10 key phrases if a website is really focused on a small number of products. Um, you'll see a couple of examples of, of, of sites like that in our case studies later on. But as many as 50,000 keywords in the case of, say, a large B2C site. Um, we have one client who sells cell phone accessories online, and we have them ranking at the top for 50,000 keywords, if you can believe that. They are now getting 90% of their traffic, their site traffic, and their sales from organic search. So that just highlights the importance of getting your keywords right. Um, again, in most cases, making it a, uh, a fairly short, concise list of those keywords that produce the best for you. And the next slide shows the importance of content. So placing those key phrases strategically in the pages of your website. So this is about making sure those keywords are present um, on your pages. We've got a good keyword density on those pages, but also making sure we have enough content pages on your website versus your competition. So if we're competing against Amazon, let's say, you know, we're probably going to need about a million pages of content on our site. But a typical B2B site, for example, let's say a B2B software site, we're probably looking at needing anywhere from 100 to 500 pages of content in order to rank at the top. The next factor you'll see here is meta content. And by the way, each of our case studies later on is going to focus in on one of these five factors. That will help explain them a little bit better and go into more minute detail. Now, meta content 
is basically the code behind each of your pages. And this is, is, is how Google reads your website. Google sees the meta content, not the visible content that we see. And there are really just two things that are important here. One is the page titles. And we again, we focus on that in uh, one of the case studies. Uh, and the other is the meta description, which is the description that Google places um, on the search result page. So that's what searchers see when they see your search result. Those two things are very important to do right in your meta content. And they're pretty much the only thing in meta content that is critically, critically important. The next of our five factors, let's see, we must be on the fourth here, is placing keywords in the URL path of your pages. Now, if you have a domain that actually has one of your keywords in it, you know, let's say medicaldevicesoftware.com, for example, that gives you a big, big leg up in the rankings. But a close second choice is just making sure that the keyword that a particular page targets that you want to rank on, that that page, the URL of that page, has the keyword in the URL path. Again, we'll see an example of that later on, and it'll make uh, even more sense, I think. And then the last factor is inbound links. This is probably the least understood, the least appreciated of uh, SEO factors. Uh, many of you may have heard of link juice. Uh, really an appropriate term because links are really the horsepower that gets your site ranking to the top. And what we mean here is links from other highly regarded websites that are relevant to your industry space. We also mean internal site links. We have a, a concept we call content siloing where we want to make sure that all of the pages that deal with a particular keyword are uh, grouped together. They're grouped together as a tightly interlinked mesh uh, of internal pages or uh, of internal links. Very, very important. And we'll, we'll show an example of that in a moment. Um, I, I think one really important point here, though, is if we're targeting a keyword that is highly competitive, then the page of your site that talks about that keyword needs to have you might need to have 100 inbound links pointing to it, where pages that target less competitive keywords uh, won't need to have as many inbound links uh, pointing to them. And then one last figure, or one last factor that's important, you can't control it much, but it's domain age. So if your domain has been around for a while, we'll be able to get you to the top of Google, especially quickly, because you do have that extra longevity factor that Google really likes a lot. Anything you want to add to that, Hunter, on the uh, uh, five SEO factors? No, I think you did a great job covering them, Paul, quite frankly. And um, I, I really think that that, uh, hopefully, from some of the uh, responses that we're seeing, is uh, giving people a really good basis for what we're about to do now. Um, and since we are doing well with time, I'm going to thank you for that as well, Paul. We are in, in good shape here. If we move ahead... We're going to take those principles. We're going to take, uh, you know, we're going to take a, a look at some of the pages that were submitted by our audience, by folks like yourselves here with us today. Uh, we are going to have Paul look at the front end, and he's done a great job of analyzing some of the uh, 
keywords and the placement, and we'll really bring those five pieces to life. And uh, Jimmy Ellis and Aaron Rosenthal will be with us to jump in on the landing page side after we look at some of the SEO front end. We'll look at some of those uh, conversion suggestions and uh, issues there maybe on the pages themselves. As you know, if you've been with us before, again, we try and make this very interactive, so uh, please throw your own suggestions in using the Q&A. Um, because of our timing, if we don't get to all of them, we will publish all these later, so you will see some of these pop up again in the, uh, in the research brief afterwards. And then perhaps most importantly, after the live optimization, we will have the contest where our audience will get to select the winner using the polling feature. We also have prizes for our live audience participants. So with that in mind, we're going to move very quickly through the marketing experiments conversion sequence. And I did want to point out that Paul is a certified expert in our conversion sequence here as well. Uh, I did try and ask him if he would want to run through it, but uh, he said he would be happy to let me do it. He'll stick with the SEO. So uh, this is really much more in-depth than we can cover in one hour, much less in two minutes. So I just want to let you know that you can find a lot more about the conversion sequence on our website, uh, obviously at our clinics, our workshops. There's a lot of information there. It's really the basis behind all of our testing, all of our principles for landing page optimization. What you'll want to know, if you haven't seen that before, that we're really going to focus on today in a lot of instances is clarity of the value proposition with sites and friction elements. Um, those are some of the big ones that we're going to talk about on the landing page side. And some of those will become, I think, a little more self-explanatory as Jimmy and Aaron break down some of the pages. So without further ado, I am going to kick it back over to Paul, and we are going to look at the first site, which was submitted to us from Legion, their target audience, C-level executives, VP-level HR and operations. There you can see some of their best-performing and underperforming keywords. I want to thank Jeff Swetland for submitting this for consideration. And um, I'm going to turn it over to Paul, and let's go through the SEO side and get it going. All right. Thanks, Hunter. Now, I should move to the next slide. I believe it shows the top performing and the uh, lower performing keyword. And, and we'll show a, a quick analysis here. It's a little bit of an eye chart, so I apologize for that on the, on the next one. But just to show, um, of the keywords that the Legion folks submitted, uh, looks like workforce management was the uh, an underperforming example. Uh, time and attendance system, ranking number seven on Google. So, you know, still under the fold, but we're at the bottom of page one. So uh, that's better than not being on page one at all. But we really need to get, gosh, at least to position one through four to really maximize their results. And then uh, on the right here is the, um, the Google search results screen for the first page of results for the key phrase workforce management. So, you know, absolutely, Legion needs to be in at least this uh, one through three or one through four uh, position. But uh, we're going to tell you how to get there. That's the good news. Um, what we're going to this example is a case of making some minor adjustments to page titles, really minor adjustments that will, um, I believe, will get those keywords to the top of the, pretty close to the top of the rankings by themselves. So let's look at some of the metrics here. So as we look at legions, um, key phrases here. Looks like there are about 40,980 
uh, monthly searches. So that many uh, potential sales prospects looking for Legion's uh, products and services each month. The next factor we like to look at is this number of competing websites column on the top right. And when we look at those numbers and we add them up, that gives us a sense of how difficult is it going to be to get this site to the top. Now, at 42,600,000 competing web pages on Google, and let me just be clear, that means this is the number of other sites or other site pages competing with us to rank at the top on this keyword. So you can see it's going to be pretty tough. Um, we see here uh, Legion's rankings on these primary keywords. And let me say a couple things about rankings. So you know, being on page one is just great. Um, we've seen that in studies of our client base, when we move a client from even the bottom of page one into that above the fold position, we generally see a three to four times increase in traffic on that particular keyword. Now, uh, I know recently CNN.com moved from position four to position one on Google for the key phrase news. That translated to a 50 million increase in site traffic, so 50 million more visitors a month just from that change. So you can see pretty substantial uh, impact. They're just moving up a little bit. Now, um, many of Legion's keywords are in what we call a, an inflection point. So if we're on page two or page three of the Google search results, that's actually a good thing because it means we have momentum and it's not going to take that much to move us into that page one, into the, uh, the top of page one. So, you know, it's, uh, we're, we're pretty much invisible to all of these searchers except for those on time and attendance system where we are at the bottom of page one. Um, but we're not too far away in terms of making, uh, making some movements up. So let's look at the next slide. And this is what Legion needs to do. Now, if you make these changes to the website today, uh, I believe that in the next two Google spiderings, you will see, so give it about 60 days, see a very substantial increase in rankings. So let's look at a sample page title up here. Uh, for the home page of Legion.com. Right now it says Workforce Management, colon, Legion.com, your source for time and attendance software solutions. Now the keywords we're trying to rank on here are that first one, Workforce Management, and then I believe time and attendance uh, software solutions. I'm button in, this is Jimmy Ellis. I just have a quick question. I'm looking at the formatting Hi, Jimmy. of the title. Hi, <laughs> Paul. And, uh, and the one that's optimally targeted for the keyword uh, can you tell me the value of using the pipes to uh, separate the keyword as opposed to yeah. commas or you know, workforce management colon? Yeah, good question, Jimmy. So what we're looking for is just any kind of word separator. So you know, we're really indifferent to a vertical pipe versus a comma versus a colon. You know, it, it's more personal taste. We kind of like the look of using a vertical pipe. But the important thing is many companies will put their company name even at the beginning of this title for branding purposes because you know it does look good to have that consistency in that branding. The problem is, you know, we're already ranking on our company name. So we're kind of wasting a little bit of ranking juice by putting that company name in the beginning rather than putting it in one of those later positions in this page title. Now if we make this change to every page of the website, so 
you know, each page of the site targets uh, a couple or maybe four particular key phrases. Uh, if we make this change and make sure those two key phrases are in those first two positions, that will have an enormous impact on rankings. Might even get Legion to, uh, to page one on, on all of those keywords. So that's the, um, that's the biggest impact uh, uh, recommended change we can see for Legion. In some of the other examples, we'll see examples of uh, some of the other of those five factors I mentioned earlier. Thank you, Paul. Jimmy and uh, Aaron, uh, if you're ready, we're going to move over to the actual URL that comes up for the underperforming page. And if you guys want to take just a couple minutes here to go over some of these what to watch items and talk about how coming over from uh, those searches there to this page, some of the things that Legion might be able to do to try and improve this page, take it away. Jimmy, it's a home page. And um, yeah, I think without any other information, uh, we need to assume the primary objective, uh, because it's a home page, is to get them deeper into the site. And with that in, with that, uh, in mind, they're, they're confusing the fact that this should, in fact, be a home page trying to get them deeper into the site. There's a lot of selling that's going on on this particular page. And, and, and they're selling in, 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 in many different avenues. There's, there's, uh, there's several calls to action on the left-hand navigation. The very first thing that you see when you come to this particular landing page. And, and, and not only that, if it's your first introduction with this site, with this, with this, uh, with this home page, uh, and the first thing that you're seeing are, are a bunch of calls to action to uh, get a free 30-day evaluation or a free, or free, or, uh, uh, free needs analysis or view an online demo, well, you haven't really introduced who you are, what you do, what your value proposition is, why I should engage with you, and yet you're, you're giving me all these uh, different calls to action and trying to route me to one of these different places before, before you've actually introduced yourself. Jimmy, uh, what else? Uh, what else do you see there, buddy? I'm gonna say what Aaron said. <laughs> no, I think you're, I think you're dead on. Yeah. Maybe you talk about where am I at? What can I do here? Why should I do it? Those questions that you've heard us say over and over on our clinic. You know, I'm looking at all this content. You know, it's, you've heard us. Uh, I'm gonna say we whine about this all the time. The three column design, and there's one, two, three, four, five calls to action to the left. There's the main center content pane. And then there's all the stuff at the right. You know, what, what is the value of that content? Where are customers actually going? Have you laid out the content in a way that you're, you're, you're presenting information most people are actually interested in, in proceeding through versus just putting up different features on the site? I don't know how all this stuff is truly going to get the customer more engaged besides just getting them more overwhelmed. So I don't know yeah, what they're – uh, I was just going to elaborate on what you had said with the with the three column design too. It, it, beyond just separating the columns or separating the content into three different columns, you're also separating it into several different boxes throughout the site. So it's like you're 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 almost advertising your content in, in little ad tiles throughout the site. It's making it makes it very difficult to digest all this information that's on this landing page. I would I would I would certainly think. Um, that there is a, that there is a more an easier way to get through this landing page and to digest this content and to present it to customers as they come to your site. Remember, this is a home page. This is not a primary landing. This is not a primary landing page. This is not where you should be doing your heavy selling. You should be introducing your value proposition and getting them to engage, which is most likely because it's a home page. It's getting them deeper into the site. 
That's a great point, Aaron. I'm glad you brought that back up. I was going to touch on it very briefly before we move on. A lot of the pages that we are looking at here uh, are home pages, and they do serve a couple of different purposes. These are uh, a lot of what was submitted because they're what came up in SEO. So we will keep that in mind as we move ahead and look at some of the other pages. We do have some landing pages in here as well, um, but that is a great point to note and underscore as Aaron mentioned, as far as what you're doing with your home page, there are other ways to kind of use SEO. And this next example here, uh, Medex, submitted by Sharon Mustin. I hope I pronounced that right. Their target audience is anyone traveling outside of their home country. You can see some of their best performing and underperforming keywords. And for the SEO section, I'm going to turn it back over to Paul. He's going to talk about another one of the uh, key principles, and Paul, we should have the page coming up now with the uh, organic search results. Why don't you take it from here? Thanks, Andre. This example is going to be a good example of the importance of using unique meta descriptions on each page of your website. So with that preview, um, we see a couple of the keywords here. Medical travel insurance coverage, we're doing just great uh, with a position number one on Google. Uh, medical evacuation insurance, I believe, is a, a slightly less uh, lower search count for that keyword, so maybe not quite so critical. But we're in the middle of page two in uh, position 14 on the page, and, and this is just what that um, search result page looks like on Google on the right side. Let's jump to the next slide, and really the meat, maybe the more interesting metrics here, Hunter and we'll look at how many people are searching each month on these keywords. And, boy, I, I see one big keyword opportunity I'm going to talk about in a moment. But So the estimated monthly searches on these keywords, about 17,500. Now, uh, I, I think we ran this one through a quick uh, keyword expander, and usually what that's going to do is, is really double the estimated monthly searches. So there's probably more like about 30,000, 25 to 30,000 people searching on every possible variation of these, uh, these key phrases. Now, we look at the competition. These are very competitive keywords. You remember the last, uh, the Legion's uh, competition column was about 42 million, I think. This one is 423 million other web pages competing with us to rank. So these are some difficult keywords. This is going to require a little more work. Um, a little more than just the uh, uh, recommendation we're going to make here, uh, but we're probably going to want to do a little bit with links on this site too. Let's look at the rankings uh, down below. We see that um, we really have a range here, a couple of keywords, health insurance for travel and travel health insurance uh, we're not ranking on. Now, that's really a shame because if we look at travel health insurance here uh, where we're not ranking, we look up in the uh, keyword searches, there are 8,000 searches a month, so 8,000 potential customers that aren't seeing us. They're seeing our competitors instead of us. So really some big upside here. Um, it is great that we have number one, number two, and number four rankings on three of these keywords. Um, we need a little more movement on the other three that have a lot of searches, a lot of people looking for us on those keywords, but aren't finding us. Let's go to the next slide, and um, probably you know the, the the quickest, most obvious fix here is that um, the Medex Assist site has the has identical 
meta descriptions on many of its pages. Now, it's a general rule with SEO that you want to have unique meta descriptions on each page of the site. And each of those pages is another opportunity, another place for us to put keywords so we can boost up our keyword density in Google's eyes. Now, if a site does have identical meta content or meta description on all of its pages, what Google will do is just pull uh, almost randomly from the content on the home page or on the particular page it's ranking um, and create a search result, which generally isn't going to be as good or as compelling uh, of ad copy as a meta description you would write in order to describe that page and make it more uh, more compelling. So number one factor there is going to be uh, making sure that each meta description on each page is unique. Um, if you'll switch to the next slide, Hunter, we'll see uh, uh, see what we're talking about here. And we've just shown um, examples on of two different pages uh, that ha that do have the very same meta description on them. If you look in the uh, in the yellow highlighted area, generally a no-no in the world of optimizing websites. Now, the second factor for medics that's going to be so important because though these keywords are so, so competitive, is going to be pointing a lot of inbound links to the pages that deal with each of these keywords. So, uh, you know, just for rough numbers, if we were to point, say, 100 high-quality inbound links to each of these pages, links done correctly, I might add, because um, they usually aren't done right, uh, that will have a big, big impact in, in MedX's rankings. Anything that you want to add, Aaron or or, uh, or Jimmy? Um, the, in terms of the inbound links, you're, you're talking about traditional link building where you're trying to get high-quality links from other sites, correct? Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, really two kinds of links out there. There's the inbound links from other websites. Uh, they have to be one way these days. We can't use reciprocal anymore. And, and then uh, internal links is the other sort of type of link that we use in SEO. So, you know, links from internal pages to each other on the website. Absolutely. And we have a good example in one of the later case studies on exactly how to do links and how to how to look at the whole link building process. Great. Uh, I want to just make sure that we cover this, uh, you know, the landing page side, Jimmy and Aaron, real briefly, because we do have uh, a couple of other folks, and we want to make sure that they get the real SEO front end for this one. So uh, just briefly, some of these bullets. Aaron, you want to run them, run them down? Sure, absolutely. It's very similar to the last page that we looked at. There's, there's a lot going on here. Now, this, this uh, however, is actually a landing page. It's a landing page specifically for this MedEx uh, insurance for individuals. That said, there's still a lot of different options on the page, and there's not really a clearly communicated way to uh, differentiate them between one another. Basically what they've done is give a little bit of description and ask visitors to determine for themselves what is the best, uh, what is the best option. I, I truly believe that there are, there's a better way to do that. Comparison chart, configurator, there are some other options out there to present this information in a more clearly, uh, in, in, in a clearer 
more concise manner so that, uh, um, so, that, so that your users can really understand what the best option is for them. You want to guide them through the landing page, not just present a lot of information on it and ask them to make a, uh, what they perceive as the best decision for them. Help them determine what the best uh, decision is for them. No unsupervised thinking. Um, <clears throat> as, far as, uh, as far as other things that we see on the page, again, very first thing that you're greeting them with as a customer comes to this page, it's this big, it, it, it almost looks like a banner because it's a, a very unusual shaped button, but it's a, it, it's a button to start your quote. It says, get a quote. Well, you haven't told me anything about your company, why I should trust your insurance company. All you've told me is that I can get a quote by what I perceive as clicking on this banner. Um, if, what you want to do is you want to, you want to understand the thought process of somebody comes to your pitch. Greet them. Give them a reason why they should engage with you, why they should continue reading, and why they shouldn't just click back out and go to one of your competitor's sites. Um, tell them your value proposition. Guide them through how you can help them, and then present them with, uh, with a way to get a quote. And don't just put a banner or a button that's, that looks like a banner to get a quote. Um, you know, find, give them, turn it into a benefit. Uh, compare 13 different uh, insurance providers' rates. Uh, you know, find out uh, or get my free uh, information packet, or if it's a white paper that you're giving away with, with your quote. You know, find out how you can cover uh, your, your um, uh, travel-related insurance needs, and then start the regeneration process on this actual page. Don't make them click to go to a second page where they then have to enter their information, start the information capture on this page. That way, when they get to the next page in the process, if they are to abandon at that point, at least you have a minimum amount of information that you've collected on that first page, that primary page, before they get to the next step in the process. Jimmy, do you have anything else to ask? There ain't nothing to add after that, buddy. <laughs> you know, Aaron, one thing I was going to add is, in both of these examples, you know, one missing piece seemed to be a prioritization. In other words, you know, the Legion site was trying to was giving us an awful lot of options in that left column, and kind of the same thing here, where you know these three boxes are sort of three different things, and there's no clear prioritization of what is it we really want you to do uh, versus giving real, giving me really four things that I could do here. Absolutely, absolutely. Help them Too much unsupervised thinking, as you guys say. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And that's that's actually a, a great point to throw in there as well, Paul. That's something we're going to see again with uh, a couple of the other sites that we're looking at. Not to give away the surprise too much there. Um, so we're going to try and run through these pretty quickly as well as we are pressing up against the clock. The third is submitted by Craig Emerson. Thank you, Craig. It's from Red Eye. Target audience is designers and engineers. And Paul, if you want to shift over and uh, take a look at some of the organic results, we'll blow through this one pretty quickly, and uh, we'll get through the uh, through the page there. Yes, sir. Great. Well, thanks for submitting this example, Craig. It's it's really a good one. And we're going to talk about links in in this example. So, um, again, so the, our top performing keyword, digital manufacturing, we're in position 16, right there in the middle of page two. We've got a ways to go, and the uh, lowest performing keyword, rapid prototyping, in position 75. So let's go to the next page, and we'll look at the um, the first metrics we like to look at. Again, you know, how many times is this keyword searched? How competitive is it, and so on. So these keywords are um, 
there's a fair amount of search traffic, just under 10,000 searchers each month uh, searching on these keywords. Rapid prototyping, a big, big keyword, and also a moderately competitive set of keywords with about 57 million other web pages competing with us to rank. Um, as we look here, let's see, so direct digital manufacturing, we're just above the fold, so we're right in that first screen of results, um, but that's a keyword, unfortunately, that only has about just under 50 searches a month, so we're probably not getting a lot of business from that keyword today. But in the real biggies, especially rapid prototyping, we're right there in about, um, right there in about uh, page six. So we've got a ways to go. We really need some link juice here in order to move us up to the top. And Hunter, if you'd move to the next slide. And what we show in the next slide is just how to look at links. So um, to your question, Jimmy, what we're looking at for links is an appropriate number of inbound links from other highly relevant sites. The types of sites we look at, uh, links for blogs are very, very, links from blogs are very, very helpful if it's a highly regarded blog. In other words, it's got good page rank, it's got some pretty good rankings uh, on its own. Uh, we like to look at e-zine articles, which is a great opportunity to get some content out there, published to some online magazines, and then that syndication happens where each of those creates anywhere from 20 to 30 additional links as that article gets syndicated elsewhere. Uh, we look to submit your press releases to usually PR Web or uh, Business Wire has a pretty good SEO optimized service where that press release gets optimized, gets some links put in it, and then gets shot out to, uh, as it gets indicated, again, we get that multiplier effect. Also, links from forums and links from directories. Yahoo directory, DMOZ are some of the best known examples. We use a lot of directories that you've probably never heard of, like Kahuki is a one that we uh, get a lot of mileage out, uh, out of. We, we tend to use uh, directories that are highly regarded by the search engines. But it's not typically the kind of directory that you're going to use when you're looking for uh, looking for products and services. They're really more oriented to SEO than anything else. Now, also want to point out that as we set these links up, and we'll show you how in a moment, each of these links from this other website needs to link into not just your home page, but we want a certain number of links to each of the inner pages of your site. How many? Again, depends on how competitive that keyword is and so how much link juice we'll need for that one. Now let's go to the next slide for you how to – sorry, go ahead. Hey, Paul, this is Jimmy. I was wondering if, if you had any kind of best practices in terms of the ratio of like homepage inbound, inbound links versus uh, subpages or individual content. Yeah. Just based on the well, right so right? Sure. So a typical project is going to be anywhere from 100 inbound links needed to 300 inbound links. So those are the most common uh, uh, figures that we see. And let's say that uh, a site needs 100 inbound links. Probably the home page we're going to point at least um, 20 of those links because you want to give the home page some juice by itself. We want to optimize that page to the most general keywords that that website is about. Um, and then if we get it just right where to get that double result on Google where 
the home page ranks for that keyword, but so does the inner page. Uh, and that's great because now we're pushing our competitors out of the way by one. Uh, but it really does de it really does depend so much, Jimmy, on just how competitive is that keyword? Are there 20 million other websites competing with us to rank, or are there just you know under a million? Let's say that'll determine the number. Great. Now, how do we set up links? So let's say we've selected a directory that we want to submit the Red Eye site to. Here's exactly how we're going to do it. So first, in the hypertext of that link, we don't want to put the company name or domain. We don't want to put a, uh, a logo, for example, you know, a GIF or a JPEG. We want to put the one of the keywords that we're optimizing that page on your site that we're linking to in that hypertext. So in this case, rapid prototyping is such a good keyword, we probably want to add at least 20 or so links um, that look something like this with rapid prototyping in that hypertext. And then um, additional instances of relevant keywords in that description that goes beneath the hypertext. So our, our linking best practices here, uh, we want the clickable link to contain your keywords. Uh, we want to be clear that this is a one-way link from another website, another relevant website, pointed back to yours. We don't want to use reciprocal links because those, those just don't work anymore. And we want to have descriptive text surrounding that link, because Google also is going to read that descriptive text. And what we call, uh, we call it anchor text, the uh, text that's in that uh, clickable link. And you probably, you probably heard of anchor text if you do much uh, SEO on your own. Really critical part to uh, adding links in a way that actually help, uh, help your ranking substantially. I think in the next slide, yeah, good, I'm glad we have this. This looks at... When we look at redeyeondemand.com versus some of the competitors we saw when we searched on some of these keywords, how many inbound links does Google see? So Google sees 237 inbound links on Redeye compared to uh, much higher numbers on the other websites. So this kind of gives us a picture of uh, what the work ahead of us in adding to Redeye's link popularity in order to, in order to get us ranking higher than some of these other websites. Now, usually when we look at another website that has a lot of links, usually most of them are not done correctly in a way that's actually going to help their ranking. So um, we don't necessarily look to match, for example, uh, Metrorp, Metrorp.com, whatever that's called. Uh, but usually with another, let's say, 100 to 200 additional links, we can probably beat these other websites uh, pretty quickly on, on the search engine rankings. All right, let's look at the uh, landing page optimization for Redeye. All right, let's do that. And uh, just as a quick reminder on time here, we are, um, we are pushing through. we got two other ones to get through after this, so we're just going to cover this one really briefly. What you see here on the left is the current page that comes up for the SEO. What you see on the right is the page that was submitted by Redeye, which we suspect was probably a test in the works there. So... Since that one is the one that was submitted, uh, we are going to take a look at that one. We can find out, hopefully, from Red Eye afterwards if they are going to test one against the other, uh, which one will actually win. And if you use some of the suggestions uh, and things that we cover here today, by all means, please let us know. So this page here is the one that was submitted by Red Eye. 
So, uh, Jimmy and Aaron, we've got about a minute or so to cover these bullets. If you want to break them down, go for it. Sure. So, the first thing, the first thing that I noticed that's not even bulleted here is that the size and uh, color of font and the particular background that it's, that it's used on makes it very difficult to read this landing page. Uh, you know, if you're out there and you have a landing page with, with gray on gray text, it's probably not the most uh, usable landing page uh, or uh, font color and background color uh, that you can find. So, so look at those. Test other options. You know, it, it's it's boring, but black text on white font or on white background has shown over and over that, that it can outperform some of these more exotic color choices. So just pay close attention to that before uh, uh, before building your next website and before going undergoing the next redesign. Um, as far as this particular test, there there are some there's some quirky things about this this web page, and it, it almost looks as though it it came out of a um, you know, a, a direct mail advertisement, or out of a magazine ad, or, or something to to up to that point. Uh, it's it's very difficult to discern what's going on here. There's almost these little ad blocks of content that, that you know somebody was allotted uh, this particular space to to say something, and somebody was allotted this particular space to add a cart link, was allotted a lot of space to add an image, but it doesn't really flow together. So be very careful with with this sort of creative. Um, you know, if you if you look at this, you've got some content on the left hand side. In the middle, you've got this this uh, um, this picture of a man with a, with a, uh, a branding style uh, 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 you know uh, statement that's there. Cost uh, cut costs, save time, get more options. Well, I still don't understand what you do or how you can help me. On the on the right hand side, you've got a, you've you've got a quote now uh, shopping cart, and then below that, you've got three different images uh, that, that almost look like video, but I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure that they're even clickable. When I uh, when I pull up the, the landing page, I don't see that my uh, my Maxis laser is a clickable image. Um, so I'm not really sure how these work with me and what I'm supposed to take from them. Um, you know, just when you're when you're putting together your website, when you're undergoing design, constantly be asking yourself. You know, if, if you're a customer and this is their first interaction with the site, what am I supposed to do here? And how, why should I trust you? And why should I why should I even spend the time to read this landing page as opposed to backing out and going to one of your competitors? You have to you have to immediately connect with customers on this page and tell them precisely why uh, you can help them and how you are going to do it. Thanks, Aaron. Very good, very good points, Aaron. Uh, Craig, again from uh, Red Eye, if you're with us, if you are, in fact doing a test uh, and using some of these or testing those two pages that we first saw, by all means, let us know what the results were. We would certainly love to hear how those are working out. We're going to jump ahead now to uh, Sofian, I think, submitted by Margie Comp. Uh, their target audience, VPs of R&D, directors of R&D. We can see the keywords here. I'm going to throw it over to Paul for the SEO real quickly, and um, we will try and squeeze in flow, uh, Sofian and the other one that we have after it in a short time. I know some people probably have to go, so stick with us. We're going to get through it. We're getting to the contest here. And, um, Paul, let's put it in the high gear. You ready? All right, Hunter. And uh, so, you know, with Sofian, our biggest opportunity was was uh, just getting a little more granular in the keyword analysis. So we have uh, five top keywords up here 
on the top of the screen. Looks like we're getting about 6,000 uh, searches a month, you know, which is which is fine given the audience they're after. I, I suspect that this is a high-ticket item, uh, B2B, and you know, it's it's moderately competitive, about 16 million uh, other web pages competing with us. But I think the big opportunity here is just, you know, we're missing the keyword new product development, which has a lot of searches, almost as much again as the total keyword group we were looking before looking at before. So to me, this just highlights the importance of making sure we do a very thorough um, keyword expansion, uh, making sure that we scour all of uh, Sofion's competitor sites and identify some keywords we may have missed, uh, and then really boiling that list down to the very highest impact uh, 10 to 20 key phrases that really convert well, that really convert well to leads. Um, so. The quick lesson here is just let's make sure we're not missing out on any keywords that really bring a lot of potential searches to us. How was that for fast, Andrew? That was great, Paul. That was terrific. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, as far as the landing page goes, some of the things that we had talked about before in reviewing this page, uh, a lot of the space here is very much dedicated to this kind of banner ad style image. You've heard us talk a lot about iPath and the importance of uh, hitting your visitors right up front with your key message, whether that's your value proposition or whether that's, as Aaron mentioned, attacking those three questions, uh, where am I, what can I do here, why should I do it with you. We see that on the page itself, while they do have some calls to action, uh, further on down the page, it is split out in three columns. That, again, Aaron talked about with one of the other pages. So we've an iPath here that really gets a little bit muddied when you get to the page. You're met with this large banner, you met with some branding messages, where's the value proposition, you have three different columns. Obviously, a lot of home pages work very hard to try and collect a lot of different audience types and try and push them into the right direction there. But again, what you have in some of these instances with who we are, what's new, customer successes, doesn't necessarily sort up the audience that way. So some things to consider would be the way that the iPad is flowing on this page, some of those columns, the cost to action, and the value proposition. And again, that kind of reinforces what Aaron and Jimmy have mentioned on another page. What we are going to do now is get to our fifth. I know some people are taking off because of time. We have one more to go here, so we're going to go through it very quickly. We'll get to the audience voting contest. A lot of people in the Q&As are also asking if we can go long. Good heavens, we will certainly try. Bloom and Nutrition is page number five, Barrett Nihus. The manager, target audience, women 22 to 45, planning to start a family. And uh, I think, as Paul will point out, there's a pretty big difference in some of these best-performing and underperforming keywords. So, Paul, I'm going to throw it to you really quickly, and we'll just follow your lead with the front end here. Thanks, Hunter. You know, we have two uh, two young kids under three years old, so we're probably, well, I guess for our, when we get ready for our third, we're in the market for uh, for these products. So, you know, we see here a B2C site, so we're going to see higher search counts. If you'll move to the next slide, Hunter, um, I think it's about 117,000 uh, searchers each month on uh, Bloomin's products. Now, one thing that's interesting here is if we look at, um, you know, the, the, the biggest keyword here is prenatal vitamins with 110,000 searches a month. So we need to own that keyword. We need to be at the top. And if you look further down, we're in position 21 on that keyword. So we're right there in, um, gosh, what is that, page two of the uh, Google results, actually top of page three of the Google results. So we do have a ways to go. 
Um, it is a uh, a moderately competitive set of keywords. Actually, not that competitive at 1.5 million compared to some of the numbers we saw earlier. So um, this is a site we can get to the top fairly quickly with a with a comprehensive SEO program. Um, the biggest miss in the case of Bloomin Nutrition versus competitors we'll see on the next slide. Uh, and this makes the point of how, how important it is to have your keywords in the URL path of your pages. So the, the sites that rank at the top for prenatal vitamins, again, 110,000 people searching for this keyword each month, a lot of product sales there. Um, are the top ranks going to WebND, American Pregnancy, and Baby Center, all of whom have the keywords in that URL path. Very, very high impact on rankings. Particularly, um, particularly with Bing and MSN, we find, um, very, very important in ranking, but also pretty important in Google, as you see here. Now, uh, you do always want to have a separator here, so it'd be better to have a little dash, as you see on these other two sites. And if we look at the uh, the page that's most relevant to prenatal vitamins on the Bloomin site, on the next slide, you can see that we don't have keywords in that URL path. What we have is just kind of a typical a typical URL string you see on a dynamic um, e-commerce site where we've just got session IDs and the question marks and stuff. Google doesn't like those very much. Now, if we were to just change that to bloomandnutrition.com slash prenatal vitamins, um, that in itself wouldn't get us to the top of page one, but it would certainly move us at least into um, the second page of results. And then with a little uh, sort of carefully done link juice and some optimization on the titles, meta content, those other things we talked about, uh, that, I believe, would get Bloomin to the top and in front of those 110,000 people uh, that are looking for those prenatal vitamins every month. So, boy, big, big sales potential here. Great. Thank you, Paul. As we have uh, a quick look at the landing page here, the slide should be coming up uh, in the what to watch section here. Uh, Jimmy, you want to take us home into the contest with this one? Uh, sure. So when I get to this site, I'm looking at the headlines of Welcome to Bloomin' World Nutrition. Instead of talking about the value proposition of this particular product, I think they may have something here that they could, they could do much better with, which is if they have the only chewable prenatal vitamin, they need to communicate that clearly and show that they're the, the only option with this one. And then in terms of their prenatal vitamins, like what makes that up, because I've bought prenatal vitamins. I also have a one-year-old. I know Aaron has uh, almost a two-year-old. And then we have Paul that has uh, a couple. So we're the guys that have been looking at the stuff helping our wife do research. And I want to see a comparison of these vitamins versus the, the other top three or four different vitamins and prove to me that you're the best option. If you can do that, you're going to get a lot more people doing the free trial. The good thing about this page is that there really looks like there's just about one major link on the page to try it free, which isn't bad, and they're not beating you up with multiple columns and stuff like that. So I'm focusing on value proposition, driving them into that link, and making sure that they know that you are the best option for women looking for prenatal vitamins. You know, if I could jump in, I like the fact that Bloomin uh, Nutrition is a pure play. I mean, as far as I can tell on the site, this is the main product. And so just in that, I believe you have a big advantage over some of the big, you know, more mass retailers of vitamin products because there's that perception that you specialize. You're going to know this product better than your competitors. 
Yeah, I just saw another thing on this. Is doctor recommended the link at the top? If they actually have doctor recommendations, you absolutely need to be put testimonials from doctors on the stage to add a lot of credibility to what they're saying about the product. All right, guys, thank you very much. That is uh, some good information. I know Bloomin is on the line from uh, what I understand, so hopefully he'll give us your feedback and let us know if you can use some of those SEO tips on the front end and some of those landing page recommendations on the uh, on the page as well. What we are going to do very briefly, and in our, our last minute or so, we are going to throw the contest out to you, our audience, the grand prize winner from today, one of those sites that we've optimized and we've gotten your Q&A and suggestions on. We'll get two seats to our optimization training tour, which is still growing and expanding and uh, leading into California, San Francisco, Boston. We're still adding dates. The four runners-up will have a free pass to our summer SEM, Search Engine Marketing, e-workshop. Plus, we will also choose five audience winners from today who filled out our post-clinic survey. There will also be passes there to our summer SEM e-workshop. We will be giving you those details very soon as they are together. And again, just a reminder, you will receive an email after the clinic today notifying you when this, uh, when this presentation is available online. So for now, with our last minute or two, we will throw the vote out to you, our audience. Please use your audience poll to choose our grand prize winner. One is Legion, two, Medex, three is Red Eye, four, Sofian, and five, Blumen, all sites that we selected for their pronunciation. Pronunciation, pronounceability, I'm not sure what that is, but <laughs> we are hoping that uh, this lucky winner is with us here today, and let's launch the live poll and have you vote. Your poll should be showing up. I'm not going to say anything about which way the results are trending so that uh, we don't bias anything here, but um, we are definitely getting a clear winner. A lot of people have a very, very uh, clear winner in mind here. We're just going to take another 10 seconds or so. We've got about 70% voted, almost done there. We, have, we have, still have about 600-plus attendees. As far as criteria, just pick a winner based on who you feel is a site that uh, you like, you related to, that you'd like to send to our training tour. If you have a personal interest or you're friends with some of the people who submitted it, you can go ahead and vote that way, too. And we are just about to close the poll here and show the results. And, wow, I think wow. one lesson that we can take away from this is that a lot of people may have uh, some prenatal vitamin needs or are interested in uh, some of what Jimmy was talking about. As Jimmy, Aaron, some folks with young kids are looking at the uh, Bloomin and prenatal vitamins. They are our lucky winner with 63% of the vote. Congratulations uh, to Blumen again for submitting, and uh, thank you to everyone who voted as well in our contest. want to let you know that the uh, four runners-up will again receive those SEM e-workshop passes as well. And um, one other thing that we wanted to mention, if you can take some of the uh, Q&A that uh, you've submitted here today, Please keep in mind, as Paul mentioned, as we mentioned earlier, we will be posting them to the blog. We try and answer all the Q&A 
at some point. We can't always do it live, but you can find that through uh, the Marketing Experiments blog as well as information on the landing pages, webmarketing123.com, Paul's site. I know you're planning to take some Q&A as well. Some of those will come out in our research brief, and we'll be sharing those on both sides. So we look forward to your feedback. Please do us a favor when you log out. Use the post-clinic survey. Let us know what you thought of today's program. This is also your ticket for an audience participation uh, winner for the SEM e-workshop, which we'll be giving details on as well as they come together. And um, with all that said, I want to say a special thank you to, um, obviously, Paul Taylor with Web Marketing, to Jimmy and Aaron, uh, and to everyone who joined us today, everyone especially who submitted their pages. We have other ones that we'll try and cover on the blog that we didn't get to, and uh, everyone who voted in our contest. We really thank you. Hey, for Hunter, if I could just jump in very quickly. I can see people are dropping off fast. So I, I do want to offer, uh, anyone who has a, you know, usually on our webinars, if we do every week on, on search marketing topics, we, we try to do live Q&A so we can get all your questions answered in the, the hour webinar. Um, please do enter your questions, and my commitment to you is that we will answer you by email um, we will answer all the questions that uh, show up on the uh, uh, when we download the webinar report. So I do want to make sure you get all your questions answered. Um, and as uh, Hunter mentioned, we will be doing uh, uh, future uh, joint upcoming clinics that go uh, into much greater detail on these search marketing topics and workshops very shortly. So you all will be hearing about those as well, which we'll be doing in partnership with the Marketing Experiments team. Exactly. Great, great point. Thank you for bringing that up, Paul. Um, I'm running out of thank yous. We're running out of time. Please tell a friend if you enjoyed today's clinic. Uh, tweet about it, share it, do what you want, and join us again. As Paul mentioned, we'll be doing some other search engine marketing ones. We're going to look at PPC coming up soon. So you'll get emails about today's clinic, about those next ones, and all those resources. Thanks again, everybody, for joining us. We will see you. And Hunter, if I could just... Andrew, if I can just give a quick thanks to the members of my team that put this webinar together on our side, and those are that's Mike Turner and Antonio Espinoza, who did, I think, just an amazing job at putting together these case studies. So thanks, you guys, for doing such a wonderful job. All right, everybody, we will see you on the next webinar. Thanks so much for attending. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. See you soon.